Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. to the Daily Hammer, your daily source of news when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. Obviously, the Braves had a huge game last night against the New York Mets, coming off a big victory and another offensive outburst on Wednesday evening to put themselves in a position to where with two games left against the Mets, you had to feel there was certainly some momentum going into a matchup where the Braves clearly had the pitching upper hand when it came to Max Reed. Here's the latest, including last night's results from Atlanta. So obviously Max Reed took the mound for the Braves and you had to feel with with how the Braves perform on Wednesday night especially with how well Austin Riley has been at the plate as of late. The Braves certainly had the upper hand, but the problem is is that the Braves were have been so up and down, Jekyll and Hyde inconsistent, especially when it comes to not taking advantage of early run scoring opportunities. One game, they'll do it all game long. The next, they'll struggle for the entire um, stretch of the contest. Unfortunately, that returned on Thursday evening. The Braves had their chances early in the second inning of last night's game. The Braves were able to get two runners on in the top of the second inning, but unfortunately, a well-hit ball by Guillermo Heredia was not able to land in a spot that was going to be able to allow for the Braves to be able to score a run, and then unfortunately, the Braves could not take advantage of a great spot that they were in in the second inning, and despite having runners on first and second with no outs, the Braves did not get a run scored. The game remained scoreless until the bottom of the third inning when Jeff McNeil of the Mets was able to hit an RBI single to left field. Pitcher Tyler pitcher Tyler McGill scored. Obviously, the Mets were able to get a run on the board. Thankfully, Max Reed was able to work around a bases-loaded situation, and he kept the Mets at only run one run. Well, after that, the game became a pitching duel between both Max Reed and Tyler McGill. But thankfully, in the top of the sixth inning, the Braves once again were able to rely on the guy who's stepping up to be the Robin to Freddie Freeman's Batman in the month of July, Austin Riley connected with his 20th home run of the year. A night after having two home runs and six RBIs, the best offensive night of Austin Riley's young career came on Wednesday night. He backed it up with a huge home run in the top of the sixth inning to tie the score at one apiece. Unfortunately, 
Though he held the Mets scoreless in the bottom of the sixth inning, Max Reed did come out once again in the the bottom of the seventh inning, and he allowed a home run to Brandon Drury that allowed for the Mets to take a two to one lead. It was an unfortunate ending on an otherwise great evening for Max Reed. Overall, Max Reed um, through seven innings, uh, he allowed five hits. Two runs, including a home run, two base on balls, but nine strikeouts. And of his 167 pitches, Max Reed had a strike to ball ratio of 67 to 39. Obviously, a start you'll take all day long. Unfortunately, the Braves could not take advantage despite having clearly more chances than the Mets. The Braves could not take advantage, and Max Reed left the game after the seventh inning with a two to one disadvantage. However, the Braves were able to come up and try to create another opportunity in the top of the eighth inning. When it came to the Braves and their eighth inning offense, you know, we've talked about it before. At the beginning of the season, they struggled at times. But thankfully, here as of late, they've started in some, with, with support from their bullpen to have a, be a bit more competitive late in games. And both Jock Peterson and Ozzie Albies were able to take advantage of singles and get on, to, get on base at first and second for the middle of the Braves' order. Unfortunately, once again, just like in the second inning, the Braves could not take advantage of it. Though Freddie Freeman advanced both Peterson and Albies to second and third with one out in the top of the eighth inning, Austin Riley then struck out swinging and Dansby Swanson grounded out to end the eighth inning. Another opportunity. Twice in this game, the Braves had runners on first and second with nobody out and did not get any runs to show for it. Thankfully, in the top, uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning, Chris Martin came on and he hopefully is starting to show that he's getting back into form, keeping the Mets silent and keeping the score two to one. Mets going into the top of the ninth inning. Well, in the top of the ninth inning, the Braves' bottom of the order, which had struggled all game, finally decided that it wanted to get a rally going. In the first at bat, Abraham Almonte hit a ground rule double, once again allowing for the Braves to have a runner in scoring position with, with zero outs. The problem is, is that right after that, the Braves once again could not take advantage. Guillermo Heredia flew out to right field, not being able to advance the runner. The next batter up was Ira Adrianza, who hit a single into right field. It felt like it was going to give the Braves a good chance to tie the game, but an excellent throw from Michael Conforto allowed the Mets to be able to get the ball to the plate before Almonte, and though the play was reviewed, it was clear that he was out, and the Braves were kept off the scoreboard with two outs, and the Mets were able to preserve their 2-1 to lead. When the final went bat, Pedro, um, Pablo Sandoval, who certainly has struggled as of late, actually had a very good at-bat against Edwin Diaz, and he got a pitch that he could drive to left field. Unfortunately, it went right to Kevin Pillar, and that ended the game. Just an incredibly, incredibly unfortunate loss in what was a significant game for this Braves team. The end result was another night in which the Braves' offense was unable to take advantage of clear opportunities in support of another strong pitching performance from Max Reed. Austin Riley certainly did his job, but the Braves' unfortunate ability to hit, to get big hits, timely hits in, in positive situations once again came back to haunt them in a game that they really needed to win. Yes, at the end of the day, 
It's only one game. You have the opportunity tomorrow to go 5-4 and four through this 9-game and 8-day stretch. But when you really think about it, the frustrating part of this Braves team is that over this stretch, they've scored 7, 15, and 12 runs in games, but they also have gone through stretches where they, they went between Sunday and Monday, they only allowed 3 runs to the Phillies and Mets and went 1-2 and two in those games. And then obviously tonight, passing up on three glorious opportunities to score and not having to run to show for it. The inconsistency, the boomer bust aspect of this Braves offense is something that certainly must be figured out. It's The season's not over. It certainly feels like there's less room to continue with this Jekyll and Hyde approach. Consistently, Consistency has to show up at some point. But the thing about it is for the Braves is that it's clear now the starting pitching is doing its job. The, the bullpen is starting to come into form. It's the offense and especially the need to find some sort of consistency at the bottom of the order. At times, it's great. It's awesome to see this offense click when it does, but it's so up and down at times, it's hard to put belief in this team as it's currently constructed on offense to be able to make up the room that it can, especially now with the low amount of games it has left against the Phillies and the Mets coming up throughout the rest of this season. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So obviously the Braves now find themselves with one game left against the Mets and Drew Smiley on the mound tomorrow. They now find themselves having gone four and four through this season-defining nine games in eight days stretch. And they have the chance tomorrow to be able to win the series against the Mets and be within four games of the Mets going forward. 
Obviously, it's not the worst scenario when you look at the possible outcomes, but certainly feels like a missed opportunity with how close and with how well-positioned the Braves were to win one or two more games that clearly could have put them right there with the Mets and Phillies going forward. It's going to be interesting to see what the approach will be when it comes to the Braves. A gut feeling of many, and I think that it's accurate, including myself, is that the Braves will make an addition somewhere. They may even make multiple additions. A couple of moves on the margins, maybe a another outfielder that they can utilize in matchups to support the roster that they have, but also the, the, the lack of, of quality that they have right now in the outfield outside of Jock Peterson, and then perhaps a bullpen arm to get a fresh arm that has had some type of success in the past to give the Braves another option to where if they could make a run, they at least have reinforcements that can improve the overall product to increase consistency, which is the biggest thing this Braves team needs right now. Now, not only could moves happen at the deadline, but you also have some encouraging news, as I had mentioned earlier this week. This weekend, Braves catcher Travis Darnold will actually be making his rehab assi- will actually begin his rehab assignment as the Gwinnett Stripers are visiting in Memphis. He will start his rehab assignment. Hopefully, will be back by early August. Hopefully, it won't take long for him to be back. Certainly, will be a good development as Kevon Smith and Stephen Voke have not at all been able to find some sort of offensive output that is going to allow for the Braves' bottom of the order to support the top of the order to make this Braves offense as consistent as it needs to be. Obviously, Waskar Yanoa also should be getting his rehab assignment started um, either last night or in the coming days. Uh, he should be able to perform well um, on that rehab assignment. will be interesting to see whether he comes back as a starting option with how well Kyle Muller and um, Tuki Tassant have pitched in the starting rotation, but at the very least, the quality talent that is Yanoa's arm certainly will be a nice addition to this Braves roster when it comes to their pitching. At the end of the day, with where this Braves team is, with the fact that they're as inconsistent as they have been, and with the fact that you know they likely have you know passed their best opportunities to really get within striking distance of the Mets. You're now to the point to where without playing the Mets and Phillies directly as many times as you would like, you're expecting this Braves team to all of a sudden figure it out and be able to play significantly better at a significantly better pace than they've shown at any point this season in order to get back into the division race. Without some type of move that doesn't necessarily make sense, that would be outside um, uncharacteristic um, at the very least of Alex Anthopoulos, I just don't see, unless the you just have several players who certainly get on hot streaks like you had, you know, at times from different players earlier this season, unless just, you know, multiple offensive players and multiple bullpen members get on hot streaks at the same time. It's really hard to see this Braves team being able to have the opportunity to get back in the race barring any type of unexpected collapse from the Mets and Phillies. I'm not saying the season's over. I'm just saying that it's going to be much harder than it could have been if the Braves were able to take advantage of getting a few more wins over this stretch of play. Obviously, the Braves can certainly minimize the impact of this loss with the win later on today as Drew Smiley takes them out in City Field for the series finale against the Mets. Doesn't really get any easier over the weekend as the Braves will be facing the Milwaukee Brewers and then after that, the St. Louis Cardinals. However, towards the, you know, once hopefully we can get Travis Darnot back, 
towards the beginning and middle of August, the Braves do have a good stretch of opportunity where they can make up some of this ground, hopefully, by getting together a good stretch of winning against teams like the Nationals and the Marlins and so on. So opportunity certainly lies in front of the Braves. The season is not over. Their chance of getting back in the race is not over, but it does feel like you're going to need for this team to perform a lot better than it has over a significant stretch, especially with the fact that it has not taken advantage of a direct opportunity over the past few days against the Phillies and Mets. Certainly will be interesting to see what the Braves will do at the trade deadline. That obviously is coming up over the weekend. We will have you covered throughout all of it. Rumors, transactions, whatever transpires on the field or off of it to support the Braves on the field, we'll have you covered here at the Talking Chop Network. You can find all the great work at Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com, at Talking Chop across social media. Make sure to listen to all the great podcasts as part of the Talking Chop Network, the Talking Chop Podcast with Brad Rowan and Scott Coleman, as well as the Road to Atlanta Podcast with names like Eric Cole, Garrett Spain, and Matt Powers. My name is Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure being with you. Hope that you have a great day, and we'll talk again. we'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer.